take your Bible, go with me to 1 Timothy 1.18, and uh, that's kind of where we'll, we'll come from today, 1 Timothy 1.18, and, and CJ, I just want to say this to you, uh, the scriptures where Jesus says, uh, if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father, and I want you to know that you are revealing of sonship makes it easy to see the Father. Yeah, and, it, and you, not only is it easy through you, but it's, um, it's encouraging and it's strengthening and, and, it, and it's bringing hope. And even though, uh, you know, because when you walk with the glory of the Father, that's what Jesus did and that's what you do so well, when you walk with the glory of the Father, the presence of the Father needs no introduction. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And so, so be confident in that, and I know you are. But, but uh, CJ will be ministering here in the next few weeks somewhere. I'm not sure where yet, but he'll be ministering somewhere. So let's all come out and, and support CJ. Uh, <clears throat> uh, last week... Well, last week, I just want to brag on Church on the North Coast. Uh, we, uh, you gave over $60,000 in benevolence in one week. In one week, you gave over $60,000 in benevolence. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, well, you know, my prayer, my prayer for us as a church is that we could get to the place to where we only use one Sunday uh, to take care of the needs administratively of the house. And therefore, every other Sunday becomes a Sunday where we bless the community of faith and we increase the kingdom through our giving. So that's the prayer. Uh, so in order to do that, you got to get the 75%. And uh, right now we're just tilting on the other side of uh, probably 55, 56% or something like that. So it, it, it's so we don't give. Uh, so so just so you know, so we don't give on need. We give upon seed. So we believe that the greatest. So the greater seed we sow, we just know that when we sow seeds of sixty thousand, then the return on that from heaven is signs, wonders, miracles, Jesus being alive, you know, like we believe the presence of God. So when we give like that so extravagantly, we know that God will reward us with his presence even more extravagantly. And I, I want to uh, present that to the leadership um, because there are times when When your confidence, you pull back in your confidence. But you need to know heaven owes you a manifestation. I'm not saying God, you know, I'm not saying God's a debtor to man. But I'm saying God, God will not lie. He said, if you give, I shall give it unto you. Not just a little bit, not with addition, but with multiplication, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He said, I'll give to you what, what the, the world can't give to you. So I want to I press you, especially the worship team, I want to press you to sing songs you don't know more than the songs you do know. Yeah. 
You sing the song of the Lord and sing it confidently because heaven owes you a manifestation. Like it owes you a revelation. So, um, so I want to talk to you about faith today. And how many are dealing with something impossible right now in your life? Just some impossible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm in the right place. And what I want to tell you is if there's only one gospel, you hear me? There's only one gospel, and that's the gospel of the impossible. If it's not impossible, you don't have a gospel. And there is a, there is a spirit of this age that is attempting to make Jesus normal. They want to make Jesus a social, I'm just going to move and it's going to be what it's going to be. You know what I mean? We're going to fix that problem here in a couple of days. We're going to, we're going to fix a lot of problems here in the next couple of days, I promise. But I'm just going to move and don't even worry about it. Don't, don't even distract yourself with what's happening there. They can hear me and that's good. So, you, you know, they can hear me. Uh, there's a spirit of this age. It's the spirit of a Sadducee. And, and the spirit of, what did the Sadducees believe? Or rather, what didn't the Sadducees believe in? The resurrection. So there's a spirit of this age that wants to present a social gospel Jesus without the resurrection. So they want to normalize. They want to normalize a kind, loving, tolerant Jesus, but, but they want to present a gospel that doesn't have the power to resurrect from the dead on the third day. They want it to appear. It has a form of power, but it does not have the power of resurrection. And, and, and the spirit of the age today is to make Jesus very normal. Because if Jesus is just normal, a good guy doing good things, then he has no, he has no authority then to, like, to tell you right from wrong. But if he is the God of all power, come on, come this way. Come this way. If he is the God of all power, lift your hand. If he is the God of all power... Then, he, then we are subject to his rule. What's going on in the room? We're all moving. Can we shut the door? Everybody come in. It's just distracting. We good? Do I need to get my gun? I mean, I'll just tell you what goes through my mind while I'm up here. People moving around, going, whispering, and then walking to the back. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Somebody tell the preacher, you know what I mean? I need to know too, you know. Whisper in my ear, you know what I mean? Tell me what's going on, you know? Come on, just give me your attention. I'll be done in two hours. Give me your attention. <laughs> I ain't got nowhere else to go, you know what I'm saying? I'm here all day today in Wicklet. I believe it's a word from the Lord for you, especially if you're dealing with impossible situations. Because... They want to make Jesus tolerant without a resurrection. But if you have no resurrection, you say, I, got no, I don't have a use. I have no use for a gospel without the resurrection. 
I got no use for a gospel that can only tell me kind things but not deliver me in my moment of pain and suffering and anguish. I got no use for a gospel that tells me that that's the condition and that will always be the condition. No, no. But I do have, I, I can get down with the three days dead, resurrected on the third day, walking on the water, open blind eyes, open deaf ears. I mean, I can get down with that, Jesus, but I can't get down anything, anything else than impossible. I don't need. I need, and here's what I want you to know. Faith is for now. Romans tells us that God has given each of, each of us a measure of faith. He's given you a measure of it. And, and that measure is only useful now. Look at me. You better use it now. Because you won't need it when you get there. You see me? You see what I'm saying? So whatever he gave you, he gave you for right now. Yeah. Romans 11.1 1 says, now, now faith is. Yeah. It's a gospel for right now. Paul said this about the gospel. He said, if anybody comes to you, if, if I come to you, or an angel from heaven comes to you, or any other person comes to you preaching anything other than a three-day dead hanging on a cross, three days dead, resurrected on the third day, let that person be cursed. That's how severe. That's the, so if, if Paul says let them be cursed, the consequence of a powerless gospel is detrimental to the kingdom of heaven on earth. You need... see. The, the, the beauty of the gospel of Jesus is that it gives you a foretaste of what's to come. He said, my kingdom come, my will be done. Where? On the earth as it is in heaven. Moses sent spies into the promised land under the direction of heaven. He sends spies into the, into the promised land. And he says, I'm giving you a foretaste of where I'm sending you. I need, all I need you to do, children of God, is, is, is go into the land, taste of the goodness of the land that I'm about to give you and believe that that land is yours. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm giving you the land. I promised you the land. And I'm giving you a foretaste of the land before you get there. So if I'm the enemy of the, of the souls of the sons and daughters of God, if I'm the enemy, then I'm going to work double time to keep you in impossibility. I'm going to do my best Because if you, if you stay in the land of impossible long enough, Paul said, he said, do not grow weary. Impossible, impossible is hard. If you're in, in front of something impossible, it's hard. Is scary. You lose sleep when you look at impossible. 
And that's the plan of the enemy, to keep you in impossible long enough to deteriorate the faith that raises the dead. I'm going to say this, and this is not an indictment on anybody that has gone to heaven prematurely. But I'm going to tell you, saints, most saints who die prematurely, die because the devil wore them out. I have to believe that. I have to believe it. If I don't believe that, then I don't believe that the gospel is impossible. I don't believe that that he raises the dead, opens blind. I, I have to believe. I have to believe all the way to the grave and beyond. We have to develop faith that believes to the grave. Lazarus was put in the grave, four days dead. Jesus came to the grave. He waited He didn't just go to the line of demarcation of death. He waited four days. And then on the fourth day, he went to the the line of death, walked in four days into the the bowels of of eternity beyond where we currently stand, and and he called Lazarus out. I have to believe in the gospel of the impossible. So the trick of the enemy is to keep you in an impossible situation long enough to where you succumb and you tell yourself, this must be the will of God for my life. I guess God just wants me to live with this forever. The thorn of the flesh is like, it's not for me to define. Faith Faith is my business. Raising the dead is his. Faith is my my duty. Healing the body is his. But the Bible says the just shall live by. Not by how long we sit in a situation or circumstance. And I don't want you to hear me wrong. I have empathy for these things. But I must tell you, we cannot stop living in faith. Jesus promised us, he promised us faith. And that faith, he said, would raise the dead. He said that faith would turn over the world. So impossible gospel is the only gospel. Remember that. The impossible gospel is the only gospel. I've seen some impossible things, okay? I've seen a few. I'm going to talk about your pastor today, Pastor Marlon. Now, I was there. I was there for many. But this dude's a legend, all right? He's a legend. But there's two, there's two shots he made that when, I know when he made them, you didn't make them. Jesus made them, man. There's two shots that he made. I'm like, you did not make that, dude. Jesus made that, bro. Jesus made it. But because God is the God of impossible. He's the, it's not logical. It's, it's not rational. It's not sensible. It's not intelligent. It's not intelligible. Like, it makes no sense. I remember specifically. I'm going to share two stories. All right? I remember specifically 
We was, we was in ninth grade. We was terrible at basketball. I mean, we athletically, athletically, we, were, we play all the time. We were good at basketball. But we just, I don't know if we just didn't care to win or what, but we went the whole season. Listen to me. Listen to me. We went the whole season and didn't win none. Not, not one game. And didn't even care that we didn't win. We, just, we walk out on the court <laughs> and just knew we was going to lose. Now, now, I hate that I have to admit this, but back in our day, it was, it was the version of everybody gets a trophy, and here's what it was. At the end of the season, everybody went to the playoffs. Even the, even the team that they knew could never win a game, we got to go to the playoffs too. And I don't know what happened, but there was this coach, and, and, I, and here's, where I want you, here's where I want you to grab hold to. You got to get some influencers of faith in your life. You got to get some people in your life that no matter how much you lose, they know there's a good, there's a there's a, the God of the impossible shot, the God of the long shot, the God of the impossible is alive. And if you just put your, he, we got a coach, his name was Coach Citro. If, coach Citro, we didn't know it then because we didn't know Jesus from Jimmy or we barely knew Jesus from Jimmy. But Coach Citro loved Jesus. And I knew that because I went all the way through high school and on my graduation night, Coach Citro showed up and he had a scrapbook. And he said, I just want you to know I've been following you your whole high school career. And he handed me, nobody in my family did it, but Coach Citro did it. He had pictures of me from the paper. He put it in there and he gave it to me. He said, I'm proud of you. And there was something I've, I've always loved, Coach Citro. Well, I'll never forget Coach Citro. We was in the first game of the playoff. And, and if you know anything about, you know, high school basketball back then, is the, the worst team played the best team. So we, I think it was Illyria West we had to play. We played Illyria West. Remember, we was trash. We was straight garbage. Didn't win no game. Illyria West maybe lost one game. The worst against the best. We go out there, and for some reason, Coach Citro, he said, listen, I'm, I believe in you guys. I believe you can do this. Let's go out there, and I don't care how many games we've lost. I want you to know that you can, there, that God, he didn't say God, you know, but, but she, just the way he talked, you knew, like, how come you believe in the impossible right now? How can you believe? How can you say these things to us? But he said them. So we go all the way through the game. We're at the last 3.5 seconds of the game, and we're down by one, and the guy from the other team's at the free throw line. He's shooting a one and one. He takes a timeout. We all go to the sidelines to get around. I'm sitting there next to Marlon. What are we going to do? You know, like fun, you know. And, and Coach Citra, I'll never forget what he said, man. He said this. He said, here's what's going to go. Here's how, here's how it's going to go down. He said, this kid is about to choke. He's going to miss the first one. Whoever catches the rebound, you Throw it across the court from where you are and believe that it's going to go in. We said, all right, amen, all right. Break, we went out there. <laughs> Ball comes off, goes over my head. Marlon, Marlon, he, he must have been out. He was, a point, he was a point guard. Ran over, picked up the ball, and somehow fell to the, to the paint. We're on the opposite side of the court. Marlon picks up the ball without even thinking. I'm, I'm looking at him like, shoot. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Shoot it, Marley. Marley takes it and he launches that bad boy. And we got it on tape. I'm in front of him and I'm watching it. You know, I'm, I'm in line with it. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. We all, we all, I'm like, oh, it's going in. It's going in. And sure enough, boom, it sinks. This ball sinks. Place goes crazy, man. Place goes crazy afterwards. Said Marlon, what was, what was, what happened? He was like, I just did what Coach, I just did what Coach said. I shot it, and I believed that it was gonna go in. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling the church today, hey, look, you gotta start taking shots and believing again that they're all gonna go in. You gotta start praying prayers again like you believe He's gonna answer them. You gotta pr- start praying prayers of healing like you believe He's gonna answer it. You gotta start praying prayers of favor like you believe you walk in it, man. You gotta start shooting like you know it's gonna go in. Long time goes by, many, many years go by. Lots of missed shots. Lots of missed shots. Discouragement settles in. You miss enough shots, you stop taking shots. You just quit taking them. You take enough L's, eventually you begin to believe you're a loser. A lot of shots go by. A lot of failures. Devastating, life-changing stuff. I was there, I know. A lot of missed shots between that one and his 49th birthday. 49th birthday, we're on the 8th green, miles away from the cup. Like, got to have a radio to talk to the guy over there by the cup, you know what I mean? Like, couldn't even see the cup, had to look at the flag. Like, don't take the flag away, I need it. Mean green, too, just rolling, doing all kind of funky stuff out there, you know what I mean? A golf course, we run a golf course for for people. (laughs) I don't know nothing about golf, and, and, and here's what I say about golf is I'm, I'm hot trash, and Marlon's just trash. <laughs> and I say that politely. We both know there was, one, there was one time where we teed off, and Marlon's ball went that way and backwards, and I laughed at him, and then I put my ball up, and I hit that joker, and it looked like I was like, ooh, look at that. And it went, ooh. It went out 100 yards, came back around like a boomerang, and sat down on the opposite green parallel with us. So when I say I'm hot trash, I'm hot trash. Marlon's just trash. But Marlon's son was with us, and he was good. He was real good. And then we had Armando, and Armando was good too. And we was winning, and it was Marlon's birthday. And that's my dude, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's his birthday. Now, we was watching the other guys, and they were starting to creep up on us. And they were starting to get a little too close. And, you know, like I might be hot trash, but I'll tell you one thing. I hate to lose. Amen. So I'll be hot trash out here trying to win. You know what I mean? So, so I'm on the green, and, and we can see them watching us. And, and, and they're about 100 yards away, and they're watching us. And I looked at Marlon, and I said, Marlon? Here, here's what's going to go down on this putt. He was up to putt, and I said, hey, uh, it's your birthday, and I'm your dude. So I took my feet, and I kind of went like this, 
over the cup. Cup was right there. And I said, hey, uh, you just shoot like it's going to go in because it's going to go in. <laughs> what I'm saying is I was getting ready to cheat. Because <laughs> I might not be any good at golf, but I really don't like losing. You know what I mean? I like to win a lot. I really enjoy winning. And so I said, I looked at him, I said, Marlon, I, and I didn't know it when I said it, but I kind of echoed the words of Coach Citro. I said, hey, I just want you to shoot your shot like it's going to go in. And so Marlon steps up miles away. I had to say, hey, Marlon, shoot like it's going to go in. I had to scream at him. He heard me, and then he steps up, and man, he lets that putt go, and I'm thinking, I'm, uh, you know, whatever I got to do, I'm just going to kick it and kick it and <laughs> kick it, you know, kick it in the hole, you know what I mean? And, and I looked at all the guys while it's on the way, you know, it's on the way, it's coming, and I said, hey, guys, when it gets, when it gets close, I want you to celebrate because it's going in, you know what I'm saying? And they said, we got you, we got you, and, and he let it go, and it went over the first hill and rolled down around and went over the second hill, rolled down around, and it, it started to slow down and creep, 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 creep. And we all, we all looked at it like, is this going to happen? Is this about to happen on his birthday? Is this about to happen? And sure enough, it went a mile long, dropped right in the cup. We all went crazy. Because he said, he said, I just, I just put it like I knew it was going to go in. And, and it's time to start believing again, church, for the impossible. The world's in a, in, a, in a place right now where they don't need a gospel without the resurrection. They need a cold cup of water that tells them if they're on their sick bed, Jesus is the answer. They need a cold cup of water, a prophecy that tells them if they're dealing with something in their marriage, in their family, with their children, they need a cold cup of water from a prophet named the church that will tell them, I believe the God of the Bible is exactly who he says he is. He's the same yesterday, right now, and tomorrow. He's unfailing. He's never changing. He's always resurrecting. He's never diminishing. He's growing brighter. He's the bright and shining star. He's the lily in the valley. He's everything that you need when you need it. All you've got to do is put your faith and hope and trust in him. Stop looking at man. Stop looking at circumstances. Start looking at Jesus again. He's resurrected from the dead. And he said this to us. He said the same power, that same power that resurrected me from the dead I've now given to you and it'll quicken your mortal body it'll defy logic it'll make you walk on water it'll make you believe that the walls of Jericho are going to fall upon your step it'll, it'll, believe, it'll do the impossible it'll make you believe that even if they throw you in the fire you won't get burned yeah. it's the gospel of the impossible yeah. so this is what Paul says to Timothy this is what Paul, I haven't even used the scripture yet. This is what Paul said to Timothy. Give me that scripture again. First Timothy 1.18. This is the charge. By this time, Paul was, was aged in ministry. And he gives this advice to his son. And that's what we need today. You know, we need men to charge other men to... To look him in the face and say, you know, just say, hey, 
I'm charging you with this, you know. This is what I commit to you. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you. You know, which goes on to say, which means to say, God's been declaring that the shot's going to go in for you since you was a young boy. Faith has been a part of the equation. Before you knew what faith was, God had chose you. God had pulled you out. And God said, God started talking to you and telling you about the greatness that was on the inside of you well before you were aware of it, well before you could understand it. There was prophecies that have been, that have been spoken over your life. There are words from God that have been declared over your life. And by those words from God concerning you, this is what I want you to do, that by them you will fight. He calls it warfare. He calls it good warfare. But I want you to see that it's a fight of faith. It's fight. It's violence. It's a violence of faith. Faith is violent. Faith will, 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 will ask you to believe for, for the irrational stuff. Faith will ask you to walk into a doctor's office, look him in the face and say, I don't believe what you say. I believe what God says. Faith is war. war. Faith is war, and war will wear you out. War, the objective, you, know, you can see what's happening in the world right now. We become war-weary. Battle-weary. You go through enough impossible things, you're like, if it doesn't fall enough, if you shoot and you shoot and you shoot, it doesn't fall, you become weary. But I want you to know that faith is not formed. Faith is never formed when they fall. Faith is formed when you miss. Faith is formed in how you miss. In the fact that you won't quit shooting regardless of how many times it didn't go in. That's faith, man. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith right there. That's faith, man. See, I don't care how many times I pray this prayer. I don't care how many times I keep believing this thing. I don't care how many times it appears as if my situation and circumstance is not changing. I refuse to believe he is anything other than resurrected in my life. I refuse to make Jesus normal. I refuse to embrace a gospel that has no power but only form. Hangs on a cross but does not come out of a grave. Don't give me a hanging on a cross gospel. Give me a coming out of the grave. Those stones been rolled. The angels there talking to me. Gospel. That's the gospel. That's good warfare. There's two things I want you to pay attention to here. Back to the scripture. Having, verse 19, two things. Having what? Faith. Having faith and a good conscience. Here. Faith. He says, you need, you're going to have to have faith. If you're going to make it, if you're going to fight the fight, of, the, the fight and win, you, you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to guard your faith. You, you can't let your faith wane. You can't allow your faith to diminish. you got to keep your faith. Let everything else go, but don't let go of your faith. Let the house go. Let the cars go. Let everything in this world go, but don't you lose your faith, child of God. If the moment you lose your faith, here's what he says. The moment you lose your faith in your good conscience, faith 
Faith is what you believe about you in Jesus. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is what you believe about you as you stand before Jesus. And a good conscience. He said, and a good conscience. A good conscience has to do with what you think about you in Jesus. A good, he said, make sure your conscience doesn't become bad. Because faith and a good conscience. You know what good conscience is? It's self-perception. You know why self-perception is important? Because it affects how you pray. It affects, it affects how you pray. If you believe, you don't. If you believe, no things are possible. If you come before him, believe that you're, if you come before him ashamed and condemned and rejected, and if you, if you come before him with a bad conscience, your conscience, you know, the inside of your conscience is what, you know, like dictates your moral behavior. A good conscience will, will bring you before God and say, I, I believe for that and I know I deserve that. I, I see myself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so I come boldly. You see, a good conscience will bring you boldly before the throne of grace. A bad conscience will cause you to cower in front of the throne of grace and beg for what is already yours. But faith in a good conscience... You see, you need faith and you need a good conscience in order to pray prayers that are effective, in order to resurrect the dead, in order to lay your hands on the sick and watch them get up. You need faith and a good conscience. If I'm the enemy, what do I do? I ruin your conscience. I make you see yourself as unworthy and disqualified. I ruin your faith and your testimony. I make you put your confidence in you rather than in what Jesus did. I make you perform rather than have a relationship with the one who will step inside of you and do it because you can't. Because when you are weak, he is strong. So he says you need faith and a good conscience. And without them, you will suffer. Look at what he says. You will suffer shipwreck. Shipwreck. They'll bring it up. Shipwreck. Put that scripture up for me. You'll suffer shipwreck. There's nothing worse than a believer who's been shipwrecked. Shipwreck believers. That's the goal of the enemy. To wreck your ship. To dash your hope to wear you out, to exhaust your faith to the degree that you throw up your hands and you walk away from faith. I'm going to read it for you. Having faith. Some, he says, Timothy, some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. You see, the truth of the matter is this. Some of us right now are lost at sea. We're lost at sea. We're castaways. We're on an island, and we feel alone, 
because life just beat us up. But it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy for Christians who were created, who were created to voyage to lands unknown. It's a tragedy when Christians suffer shipwreck. And I don't know where it comes from. I mean, maybe it comes from the dependency upon the world and we just start looking to the world for what we should be looking to Jesus for, but I see families in shipwreck. Shipwreck, I mean, just chaos, separation. I heard a story the other day about a bird. I met, actually, I met the bird. I met the bird. Who was that prayer the other day? This woman was in praying. She had a bird on her. It was one of those parakeet birds, you know, exotic birds. You're an exotic bird. Exotic bird. And uh, the, the bird's name was Abigail. Abigail. And, uh, and, and somebody said, can she fly? And, and the owner said, no, no, she can't fly. What happened? Well, she hasn't flown since she was born. She, she, doesn't, she, she doesn't fly. As a matter of fact, she said, uh, Abigail is afraid of heights. I know. I, I was like, yo, man, that's a bird. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the God gave them that. God did not give them that. They don't need that. Therefore, God did not give them that. But this, but this bird, she said, no, we went to a hotel one time, and we were, on, we were on the top floor, and the window, we were surrounded by glass, and the bird would not rest because the bird became anxious because the bird believed it couldn't fly. How tragic is that for believers to stop believing in the resurrection? To stop believing. But you were designed. You were designed to believe in the impossible. In your faith, the substance, the measure of faith inside of you. It was created for impossible situations. I mean, the very thing that you're facing right now, God created you. And he gave you a measure of faith. And the good thing about the measure of faith that God gave you is it never runs out. It only increases unless you don't use it. We know this because of the parable of the minas. To one he gave one, to one another three, another five. But the one who didn't use it, got, it was taken from him. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're not going to use your faith, give it to me. I'll take it. Give it to me. I'll take it. I'll use it. And I'll use it now. And I'm, I'm going to encourage you. Start using the measure of faith that God gave you. Start declaring. And I don't know. I don't care how many times you got to keep declaring. But you got to keep declaring that he will. That he, he is. And that he's going to. He, he did. He is. And he will. He did. He will. And he will. He is going to do what he said he's going to do for me. But don't stay on the island. Get off that island of shipwreck. So three things as we close. I want to encourage you to get around some influencers of faith. you got to get around some big shot takers, some big shot makers. Here's what the Bible says. 3 John 1.11 said, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil. Do not imitate, but imitate what is good. What's God saying? Hey, get around some people that know how to take big risks in faith. Start hanging around some people that are believing for God to do the impossible. Get around some people that got dreams bigger than yours. I was just at a conference a few days ago, and man, I was in the, I was in the midst of people that, whose churches make ours look small. 
And if you're not careful, you'll get in that environment. If, you're not, if you don't read that environment right, you'll allow the greatness of somebody else to diminish you. But I said, no, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to allow the greatness of others to inspire me, to believe for more, to dream for more, to know that God, if God did it for them, he's no respecter of person. God will do it for Northeast Ohio. If God did it for them, God will do it for Northeast Ohio. If God gave them that many, God will give us 30,000. God will give us the souls of men. So imitate those who know how to make big shots. But, you know, if you're going to imitate those who know how to make big shots, you know, here's what I learned. Here's what we learned, right? When, when, uh, when Brandon stepped up to take a shot, his form was perfect. It was perfect. I mean, every shot was the same. And what I've noticed about great men and women of faith is they have great form have substance of faith and doesn't matter what comes at them doesn't matter where the ball lies in life it doesn't matter if they're in the rough the weeds or the woods every shot they take is the same they're immovable ever believing always trusting their form is faith and if you're going to develop a form of faith you gotta be inspired. You gotta get around some people that are believing for bigger. I said, no, I don't, I don't care what happened. They'll, you know, you know, this is interesting. People say this to me. And I, I laugh inside now. But they say, when they when they realize I ride a motorcycle, they always tell me the person they know that died from riding a motorcycle. You know, you know what I'm saying? First thing off their mouth is, oh, I had an uncle, yeah. Man, he got hit by a pickup truck, dude. And I'm like, uh, you want me to quit riding then? Is that what you want me to do? Like, you got to get around some people that say, man, I see God. I see what God's going to do tomorrow. I see God moving you. I see God moving you, man. God moving you and increasing you. I see God taking you higher. I see, I see thousands, thousands. I, I, I see more. I see, I, I see privacy. And I, I, I see a higher place where God's taking you. He's taking you. You got to get around some imitators, some big shot takers, and some big shot makers. Yeah, everybody left, you know. Everybody left. I came in the faith in the early 90s. You know, I was back in the day of camp meeting. Anybody remember camp meeting? It's all good. I, I know it's probably later. Yeah, it's good. What else we got to do? We're in church. I see you. I see you. I see you getting uncomfortable. Like, just, just go like this. Go like this. Come on. Yeah, do it. Just do it. Yeah, just go like this. Yeah, yeah. Now, give me your attention. I came in in the early 90s. And it was these, these giants of faith that I saw, you know, around me. And, and, and one by one, they all just kind of fell off. And, and I, you know what I saw? I saw in Dr. K too. I saw consistency, man. I saw a form of faith that didn't matter what came. This dude just did not stop shooting for the pen. He 
he just did not quit. It didn't matter the, 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 how, how bad the odds were. He still believed in faith. And, and, and it was so attractive to me. I said, I'm never leaving that. I'm going to imitate that. I'm going, and I'm not just going to imitate it. I'm going to, I'm going to make him say, I'm going to make him say, if you've seen Troy, you've seen Dr. K. If you've seen the son, you've seen the father. I'm going to make him say it about me. Man, that boy is a chip off the old block. He believes even, he believes even more than what his daddy believed for. So you got to get around some big shot takers. But big shot takers, you got to know big shot takers, they're made. They're made not by how many they make. Michael Jordan missed way more than we remember. But, but when they dropped, we, we shouted. And I want you to know, like, like, they'll remember when they dropped. Your kids will remember when they dropped. But faith will form you than when they miss. It's how you get up. It's how you handle the ones that miss that make you great. It's not, that's more impressive, man. The fact that Michael Jordan would walk to the, to the huddle and say, give me the ball. Two, two seconds left. Give me the ball. Shoot. Miss. Bang. Miss. And then, and then still, with as much confidence, equal confidence, made a miss. You just, the point is you can take them. Find somebody that's taking them. Stay. Here it is. Stay. Stay in that place, man. Stay there. When you see consistency and you see people going after it for 50 years together, man, you, you should stay. I'm telling you, if you leave this church, you're crazy. If, he, if we follow Jesus, follow me as I follow Christ. But if you leave, you're crazy. I, I see it. I'm like, that, that's insane, man. There's such substance. So you got to get around some big shot takers, some influence. You need an influence of faith in your life. Number two, you need a focus of faith. You need a focus of faith. Here's what the Bible says, Philippians 3, 13 or 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. I forget what the miss is. I forget every time I missed it. Forgetting those things which are behind me, but I reach forward to those things which are ahead, and I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I forget the last shot and I shoot for the pin every time. <laughs> every time we come up to, to a tee box I, I look at somebody and say where are we shooting this? And they, they go hey you see that, see that flag way out there? Dummy, that's where we're shooting it. But, but great great faith focuses on the promise. Great faith focuses on the promise. So develop a focus of faith. Not on the water, not on the weeds, not on the woods, not on the sickness, not on, not on what the doctors say, not on what the world says, not on what your aunts and your uncle did, not, not that your uncle died in a, in a motorcycle accident. No, no. Focus on the pin. Focus on God's promise for you. Let go of the misses. Develop short-term memory when it comes to the times that you've missed. Focus on God's promises for you. And last, develop an attitude of faith. An attitude of faith. You know, I can deal with incompetence, but I cannot deal with poor attitude. 
Man, poor attitude is just, oh, I just, I'm just like, please leave. Please leave, man. If your attitude stinks, like just, you're, you're, you're putrefying the room. Please leave an attitude of faith. Here, here's what the Bible has to say about an attitude of faith. Philippians 2.5 says this. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. You know what that means? Here's the translation. Direct your mind towards the promises. So you got you got to direct you have your neutral mind will will put you in the water in the wheat. Your neutral mind will take you outside of the promise. But a mind, your mind was made to be made up. Make up your mind. God is for you and he's not against you. Amen. Come on, let's stand as we close in prayer today. Develop an attitude of faith that says this. That even when it doesn't go in, I still believe it will. Even, even when God didn't answer my prayers yesterday, I still believe he will today. I won't stop believing that he will. Even if you throw me in the fire, I still believe he will. Even if he slay me, I still believe he will. Amen. Come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. I pray for you right now. I just want to pray for your faith. I pray for your faith to increase. I, I put the blood on you right now of Jesus Christ. The Bible said it is the blood that cleanses the conscience of his people. I put the blood on you right now. I declare a good conscience. I declare that you are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That you come boldly because you have such bold conscience you come boldly now before the throne of grace I declare the blood over you over your children over your family I pray now I pray for a revival of faith a reviving of faith of your people to strengthen the weary hands like Aaron and her. I lift them up on either side right now and I declare once again that all things are possible, that your spirit come to life and bring your soul with it. Bring your soul out of despair, out of discouragement. I declare the spirit of the living God is lifting you even now as I'm praying for you. He's lifting you now to believe again for the impossible. He is the God of the shot. He is the God of the miracle. He is the God who can do all things, but by your faith, by your faith. So I pray an increase of faith. And I pray for the areas where you have doubted him, where you have waned in your faith. I pray for those areas of doubt in your life, those areas that are, re that are resistance to move in faith. I pray they be broken now, that the spirit of a breaker would come now and break through that situation and move you towards faith. I declare all things are possible. So we pray right now. It is mine. I have favor. I have victory. I am your son. 
I am your daughter, and because of that, I can expect for only the goodness of heaven. I believe I know that I will, I know that I will suffer. I know that there will be moments that will test the promise, but I will not let go of the promise. For me and my children, we shall serve the Lord. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed to continue to believe in the impossible for my family, for my marriage, for my children. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of salvation. I believe in the power of my salvation to be activated in my life and for my children, for my city, for my job. You're here today. Cold on God, backslidden, every head bowed, every eye closed now. Cold on God and backslidden, you walk out those doors one of two ways. You walk out those doors going to heaven, or you walk out those doors condemned to go to a hell that was never created for you. There is no middle. So right now, make a decision. You make a decision. You make a decision right now. Jesus, we come to you now. We give you our hearts and our lives, and we say, we repent. Forgive us of our sins. Come into our hearts. Make your home our heart. I put my life in your hands. I take your life. By faith, I will walk out this miracle walking, water walking life that you have for me. Take my life now, Jesus. Destroy the works of the devil all for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you as you go.